0: hey everyone wanted to take the time before we start our first episode to dedicate this podcast to a pioneer of the football podcasting industry who you all may have heard of daryl Grobe. he was both an inspiration both to me and michael and overall he was an amazing human being he actually started the total soccer show in 2009 and overall that actually inspired us to create our podcast and I was actually a really big fan of the show and I, I would listen to it really often. Our thoughts and prayers are with this family and the TSS team. Rest in peace, Daryl. Hello and welcome everyone to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Louise, and today I am joined by my co-host, michael wood how's it going mike how are you doing on this halloween day here
1: doing well luis um trying to do my part as far as the staying indoors and all that COVID stuff and make sure that i don't infect anyone or cause any issues or give any get myself infected obviously there's so many parties going on and i'm just like come on people i don't want to go back into lockdown again i'm I'm watching it happen across europe right now and it's just waiting for our turn, I suppose. Unfortunately, it's it's kind of scary. Um, but happy Halloween!
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is. You know, as as we uh, get into the winter months, it's there's just a lot going on, and everyone stay safe. Make sure you mask up when you go outside, and if you have any indoor gatherings, then make sure everyone's wearing a mask because it's it's going to be a tough winter. But you know, if we all do our part, then we'll be able to get through this uh good as well um so in today our first episode we did say before we were going to have an interview we ran into some unforeseen circumstances but we will be having that interview that we promised uh but being that it is our first episode and that it is end the season we are going to be talking about the republic the best of 2020. We actually have our own awards that we came up with. Uh, we have a different categories that we decided to um, award some of the players for the season. And we are also going to be talking about some USL news, especially today. News broke out that the final is actually canceled, completely canceled. So we'll be going over uh, exactly what happened there. And of course, other things in the USL with some of the B teams possibly leaving a brand new team coming to the league next year, and the possibility of the 2021 season starting a little bit later than usual as well. Um, In terms of Republic, uh, we do have some pieces of news. One of them is something that came across as a shocker to probably all of us, and that is two players actually going into retirement uh, early on in their careers. So... Mike, let's get started uh, with uh, some of the uh, news pieces that we have for the USL. So as I mentioned before, uh, today, actually, we found out that tomorrow's Sunday USL final between uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies and the Phoenix Rising is actually canceled. Um, Tampa Bay had a couple of cases of COVID. Uh, Head coach, one of his assistants, and a player had tested positive. And so due to the circumstance, the league decided to just completely cancel the USL final. It's not going to be happening. And only champions we get out of this season are the West and East champions. I don't know about you, Michael. I don't understand why they couldn't have just played it two weeks from now. It seems that they would have time and we would have actually had an overall USL champion. What, what do you think about this decision that they did today?
1: Yeah. Uh, on the outside, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I don't know if there's something further in, in, the in, in office that they've, they've decided that this is the best option, but I don't get it. Um, I think it's kind of fitting for Phoenix being a, a Republic homer. <laughs> they get what they deserve. Uh, they shouldn't be in there anyways, San Diego, uh, with the, uh, uh, homophobic slurs to this San Diego loyal player, but uh, Tampa Bay had a great team and this could have been the the end to a great season. I mean, Phoenix was pretty good this season too. And it just, it doesn't make any sense to me that you go through this whole season. COVID started back in March as far as stateside and we had the cancellation of the season. And then they went through all the effort of trying to get the season back together. And you've got to feel for those players. they, have been following protocol. Well, most obviously they're not all following it. Somebody brought the virus into the team, but they're they're following protocol, they're trying their best, they're on buses, driving all over the the United States to go play these games. And then when you finally get to the the big one, they say, All right, it's over. Congratulations, you're all winners. You get your Western Conference title, and you get your Eastern Conference title. And then not to mention it it's a terrible financial idea. Uh, They were supposed to have this game on ESPN. It was going to be the first time. And that's, that's massive. You need to get those views. You need to get those eyes. I don't really get to see the rowdies play very often Um, being in California and they're over on the East coast. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see it. I'd like to watch. I'd like to see the West versus the East and how it works out and go from there. But unfortunately it's not going to happen. And I I don't see why they couldn't just push it back a little bit. But may, maybe there's a good reason somewhere in there. I just, I don't, I can't find it.
0: Yeah, and I hope we find out what that reason is in the coming weeks. I hope they say, well, it was because of this, because, and we'll talk about it here shortly too, as I said, the league might not potentially start in the usual starting month of March. And if that's not the case, then... This game could have easily been played January, February, even March of next year. And true, it, you know, you would be crowning a 2020 champion in 2021, but you would still have a champion. You would still have that because as you said, Michael, the teams had to go through different circumstances where a lot of the times they had to take buses. They had to make a lot of sacrifices. We saw cases come up here and there. Uh, during the season Uh, if we remember uh, we had games that were postponed even our own republic against oc and so to me it doesn't make sense why you actually postpone games in regular season but when it comes to your grand final you choose to just completely cancel it and throw away all of the efforts that every single team did all the testing that every single team did which I am pretty sure for a USL squad, making sure that players were tested as often as they were, which we found out from our uh, good friend Seth from OC that they were tested quite often. I can only imagine that the costs were really high, that the team had to incur those costs. And for all the teams to see, especially, of course, the two participants, Phoenix and Tampa Bay, that all that is going to get thrown away is is really sad, and I'm pretty sure that both squads must be really disappointed at this decision. Which, like you said, from a Republic fan, I know we all think it was really uh, unfair the way that Phoenix just eliminated us because of that handball, which was a handball. I mean, I'm I've put it already in the past. I know some people have said, "Oh, they're still complaining," but. I'm letting it all go. It's all in the past. But at the end of the day, it's still two teams that made it to the final. However it happened, but they made it to the final. And I think we were going to be in for a really good final, especially being the first time that we would actually see a final game of the USL being broadcasted on ESPN, not ESPN two, but the main platform. And so it's a big shame. I don't know if we're going to see it next season. I hope that ESPN still sticks through and they still choose to have the final next season, but it it's just really disappointing to see that the league decided to do this, which th- this also joins in with the USL League 1 who had also canceled their final for similar reasons as well and so it's not good when you do that. It, it takes away from, I think, the enjoyment of the league, of any league, I think, in the world, if you just cancel your final. And it's just not a good close to your season to see that. And so, again, we'll find out in the coming weeks what led to them to just completely just throw the towel and just forget the whole season. But it's just going to leave us with uh, that unsatisfactory season where we couldn't see whether the West or the East had the strongest squad and you don't have a national champion and it, it just contributes to 2020 and the different things that have happened this year. And so it's a shame, but, you know, hopefully next time it doesn't happen. And if it does happen, which hoping that we don't deal with this another full year, but in the event that anything similar ever happens again, I hope that they take into consideration that, They need to finish a final. You can't leave it undone. So moving on to our next news piece here in the USL, Uh, this is a rumor right now, but from what we have heard, this is actually something that is being uh, said as something that could be a strong rumor, as something that could potentially be happening, and that is of the Timbers two, the Union two perhaps leaving the USL championship. And also, we can also include Orlando City B leaving League One. Uh, nobody knows where they'd be going yet, or, you know, if that those teams would actually still exist. Uh, or even should this happen to other B teams, like those, Sporting KC2, Tacoma, and, and so on, you know, and with all the other ones. I don't know about you, Michael, but I've always said that The USL, as they're growing, as the brand is growing, especially as they rebranded as the USL championship and trying to follow more of that English league format, I don't think they should have B teams. B teams for the MLS deserve to be in possibly like another league, like another MLS academy league, which there have been talks that, that might actually potentially happen. But I think they have no room in the USL. They just uh, make the brand not shine as much because we see it in the attendance. You'll never see a Timbers 2 or a LA Galaxy 2 game full. That's just how it is because they are B teams. And so uh, I would be in completely agreeance if they decided to get rid of all B teams or at least the teams that are clearly a B team, right? That are clearly labeled as this team and two, as opposed to maybe like a Tacoma defiance that true might be the B team for Seattle, but at least they can kind of have their own identity in a sense because they do have a, their own unique name, right? But what, what are your thoughts on, on these teams and the possible decision?
1: I think it's unfortunate. Um, I think they belonged in the USL. I think you had a, a good little setup there in the USL. I don't see why the USL can't be, I mean, I know some people get a little upset with it, why they can't just be the, the, the second, the, the step before MLS. Um, yes, they're their own, their own, uh, league, but there's no issue with them having their thing going on and then using the Timbers two as, as a, a stepping stone to the Portland Timbers or Philadelphia union and things of that nature. I don't I don't have an issue with seeing USL. I mean baseball does it. We've got the, the Sacramento River cats out here where it's almost like it's a, it's a farm league. You can do that with the USL as well. I think you can have these soon to be stars of the MLS playing in the USL and then they work their way up. You're just constantly rotating it in the, the newer teams. but it's it's not going to be good for the USL. If, if this works out and things go how it's going, they're losing talent, they're losing markets. And it takes a lot of investment to bring in new teams. I know. I know we've got one local team coming in pretty soon, but um, it's 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 tough to do. And then, especially in these financial times that we're dealing with right now with COVID, and everybody's losing money, so the USL is going to have an issue on their hands if this MLS reserve league. I know it folded once and comes back and works out for some reason. The MLS just really wants to. I mean, I get why it's, it's the money they want. They don't want to have to be splitting it with the USL. It's a, it's a business. The MLS wants their league. They want to have their, their um, second division, I guess you would call it that they can work these players and have an under 23 system. That's basically a bridge to the MLS, but you have that in the USL. If they would just work together to make it work, why can't everybody just get along? (laughs) I guess it's, it's really frustrating, man. I, I hate to see these teams go. Um, it's not my, my favorite option. I hate seeing teams fold. I hate seeing, uh, teams go away like this, especially when we're still in the USL. I mean, even on just being a, a supporter of a USL team, this means there's more travel to get to games. It probably, Contracts the season to a smaller season. It's it's unfortunate.
0: Yeah, I think if both leagues got along, we would probably see pro which is, I think, arguably don't, most.
1: Don't open that. <laughs> don't open that door. <laughs> we won't open. <laughs> Be that careful one. what you
0: say, my friend. <laughs> that's a that's um, a
1: forty five minute podcast on its own.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean that's that's a that's a complete Harry Potter book set on its own. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we all have uh, strong thoughts on that, but uh, but yeah, no, it's, we'll see what happens. Of course, like we said, this isn't official yet. It's just uh, a rumor, but, you know, I think after seeing this season and looking at it just from the West, because that, that is the division that we know more of, Timbers 2 was an embarrassment this season, and last year they were an embarrassment as well. So I think at the very least, if they look at that and they realize that, those teams are doing more harm, I think, than good. They're not really making the other teams as competitive. Then I think they could probably be replaced. And it, I think it'd be interesting to see possibly another team in Oregon as well. Maybe you choose uh, another uh, big city after Portland. That could probably be uh, the whole city for this team. But I don't know. I think they, they need to do some, some changes there because the way this team has been doing it's not as good and it's it's just not working out for them and so again we'll see what happens but everything's pointing to that potentially uh, happening there so as uh mike mentioned earlier too uh, we are going to have a local team joining our usl next year uh, you probably already heard of it too, but the Oakland roots are going to be promoted to the USL. Uh, they've been around for a, a year or two. And so far from what I've seen, they've had a really good organization. They bring a good amount of people to their stadium. And it's it's great to see that. And I think had you asked anyone who is familiar with other leagues around the area, what team would you move up to the USL? If you could move a team around here, I think most people would probably say the roots because of how well they've been organized since they, they were founded. And I think it's amazing. I think it's great that we finally have a Bay area, USL team, uh, minimizing travel. I know you mentioned travel earlier, Mike, and with this being said, it is going to be a rival that is going to be much closer than Reno. So my question is, do you think this might be a new rivalry with the Republic or are we still going to see Reno as our biggest rival?
1: Depends if uh, Reno's social media team is going to keep opening their <laughs> mouths, man. Oh my God, that's another podcast. They do not <laughs> shut up. They're, we're rent, we stay rent-free in their minds, man. Even, even when they're winning games, they're still talking about us. So I don't think that rivalry is going anywhere. Uh, shout out to Danny, you poor soul, man, having to deal with that. That squad in your backyard, um, <laughs> but where was I? Yeah, Oakland Roots, man. I, I I could see a local rivalry there. It's a Bay Area team. Uh, I'm I'm happy for them. I'm thrilled for them. It was a, a five year journey. Happy for the city of Oakland. They've been through a lot losing their football team. Uh, they've got their basketball team moved over to San Francisco. They've got a baseball team that's possibly moving any any year now. Um, they uh, Oakland Oakland Roots have done it the right way. They were able to. Uh, They were fortunate enough to purchase the franchise rights. Franchise rights. English is hard. Purchase the franchise rights from a local real estate mogul. It's it's going to be nice having the Bay Area teams in there. Not since the SF Delta's in twenty seventeen have they have they really had a formidable squad out in the Bay. And I mean, San Francisco, Oakland, that whole area. They've got a melting pot of great youth players and some veteran presence out there there. It's only going to help improve the talent when you've got, they're going to be able to showcase these players. It's going to be great. Uh, SF, the the Deltas, they, they won the title that NASL season. They just dealt with financial issues. Oakland seems to have things together that they won't have those same financial issues. And they've got gorgeous kits. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of those jerseys that they wear. They're, uh, they're nice. They got the white, the black one. Um, but it's it's the words, the way they're 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 all color colorful and stuff there. It's it's nice looking. Um but yeah, I'm I'm always for it. If Sacramento can get another close rival, that that's what makes sports fun. Having rivals to talk trash to. i I prefer a more friendly rivalry because I genuinely do not like Reno. Like with my heart, I can't stand Reno. So if we could have a friendly rival, that'd be nice too.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And to add to that, the Roots logo is really amazing. Exactly. Uh, whoever designed that, I'm like, it's so cool. Like, yeah, I, I really can see that they're going to bring more people to the stadium uh, once they join USL. And hopefully, I'm sure in the future, they're probably already figuring things out. They'll actually get a-, a bigger venue where they can see 10,000 people. And I think they have the potential of being like the Republic, where we're going to see constant sellouts often. I think they have that. Despite the fact that if you look at an Earthquakes game, they don't really sell out. Uh, it's You don't really see a lot of support there. I think this team is going to be different. And I think whenever they play in the Open Cup, which is probably going to happen more often now that they're in the USL, we're going to be in for some really interesting uh, Roots Earthquakes games. And they might even start... Uh, their own little rivalry there too as well. So I think it's going to be interesting. I think, you know, once the the Republic is an MLS, this is who is going to be your best, probably California team, in my opinion. I know uh, we have other good teams, San Diego, Orange County are good as well, but I think give the roots a couple of years and they are going to be a really competitive team, just like we've seen OC and even San Diego this season. And so really excited to see them there. And uh, really can't wait to see him grow even much more once they join USL next season. So next uh, bit of news here for the USL, Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Grant Wall, who you may all have known, really famous uh, journalist, he actually posted a tweet stating that there is a possibility that the USL season might start in May. Again, this is just a rumor, it's nothing official yet, uh, but he's hearing that it may start then, uh, which uh, as as we all know would be two months after the usual starting date, which is typically beginning of March is, is when we've seen it in past years. But w- what do you think, Mike? Do you think it's a good decision to actually start in May or would you still start in March considering that it's just a two-month difference and We'll likely still be dealing, sadly, with uh, COVID even in in May as well.
1: It depends on if you're asking what my heart wants or what my brain wants. (laughs) Um, My heart says start that season in March. Let me get out there with the the battalion and uh, deal with those rain showers on opening night. (laughs) We've had a couple of games like that. It's a good time. Everybody huddled up, (laughs) having a blast in the rain. Shouting and screaming for the boys, but uh, my brain says it makes sense. Uh, I'm hoping May ends up being the the start, if if at the latest bec- or at the earliest. I guess um, I don't know what that's going to mean for the Open Cup if it's going to cause any issues there. But I, this this virus is real. It's causing issues. I want the USL to have a, a clear, concise plan that. Is put together, which after today's news of the cancellation, I don't know if they have a plan. But they they they've got to figure something out. At the end of the day, these players are human. You want to do what's best for them. Yes, you want them to be able to play the game, but it is just a game. There's there's more important things like people's lives because we sit here and think about it, and in a way that, well, I hope these players don't get sick and they get the rest of their team sick. Well, they're also going home to their folks and their kids and some of them are 18 years old and still live with their their elderly parents so it's it, it is a big deal it's something that we have to be aware of and it's something that the usl has to be prepared for and if they need till may to tighten up all the the loose ends then so be it um we'll find out
0: yeah well, i agree too uh, as, as much as all of us fans would want the season to start back tomorrow and for us to be able to go to games, of course, I think it might be in their best interest to start as late as they can, which I think may would probably be ideal, right? You're getting close to those uh, uh, summer months, right? Where uh, I know the virus isn't cured because, or it doesn't go away because of the summer months as we've already experienced that. But you know, it, it is more of a time that more people could be outside. You won't have a weather delay, which it's already enough to have uh, the situation on top of having the weather delays. And so I think it's good. Uh, I, I think if it gives them more time to structure the calendar, to be able to figure out uh, a good game plan on how the games are going to be structured, then I think it's it's good and hopefully they can start. Hopefully uh, things are, are better. If if we still have to deal with this situation, I would be my hope that by then we would have maybe quicker tests, maybe a much faster way of figuring out, okay, who's positive, who's negative and with a much higher uh, reliability as well. And so I think given those circumstances, if by then we're better, then I think that's good. And also, I think if we also think about it from the fan perspective, also, if it starts later, there's a higher chance that, hey, we might be able to go to games. It might not be like a full crowd, maybe 50%, but at least we'll be able to go to more games. Whether we can go in May or in July or whenever, there's going to be that higher chance that we'll be able to attend more games. And so I think we should not be mad. And like you said, Michael... Uh, beyond just the sport these are players that are going to their families families are going to friends to other relatives and so you don't want that being spread everywhere because truth is each player is really exposed when they're out there when they're training you don't know who has it and sometimes you can get a false negative and you might have it and of course they weren't tested every single day and so you you just never know when that might happen and so it's for the good of everyone. for the good of the players, which ultimately that's what matters. And so I think it's, it's good, but I'm sure we'll find out by the end of the year, uh, what date they have in mind for the season starting. Uh, And I think another good thing on that is if it starts in May, which I hope that the league actually lets the teams know, hopefully by the end of the year, if it will start in May, hopefully so that the teams will be able to have uh, the adequate, preseason uh, between March and April. And so I think given those circumstances, we will probably see a different uh, league because now the teams will be able to have that normal preseason and they won't go uh, a lot of months and just start the league right away, right after they've been off for a while. And so we'll see, we'll see how that does. Because of course, teams also have to figure out contract situations. What do you do with that? you got to do adjustments and what happens there, right? You get into that situation where, uh, I mean, I'm not too familiar with their structure or how they have them, but I would suppose that they probably structure their contracts maybe beginning of the year to probably uh, mid-November, considering that typically the final is uh, beginning to mid-November. And so I'm not sure how they'll, they'll, they'll work with, with those situations, but yeah other than that what we'll see when when they get announced i hope we know soon but once we know we'll definitely uh, let everyone know and, and then give our own opinions on what they decided to to go with so but moving on to the two pieces of news that we have for the republic um, first starting as we mentioned before this news mike uh, i don't know about you but it came to me as a big shocker i was not expecting this but uh, we found out that two players decided to hang the boots really early on in their careers. Uh, Sam Werner and Thomas Hilliard Arce announced that they are going to be retiring completely from the sport of soccer. And w- what are your reactions to this, Michael, and to finding out about this, this news?
1: Shocked. I did not see it coming from two guys that are 24 years of age. Um, we were- Staples in the community. Uh, We had the local pickup games over here at Folsom State Prison. Uh, Werner was in almost all of those. Uh, I mean, congratulations to them. They're they're making the decision. They're able to walk away from the game. And if they're happy with it, go for it. Uh, Soccer is not the end-all be-all for some people um, that it is for others. These are two Stanford alums. It's not like they're gonna be unsuccessful in whatever they decide to do next. So um, I'm sure they've, they've probably already got plans figured out. They're always four or five steps ahead. There's, there's a reason they're uh, graduates of uh, the Cardinal. Uh, good luck to them in the future. Uh, and whatever future endeavors they've got going, I'd love to hear their reasoning for it. It seems kind of odd that they both retired at the same time, practically at the same day. And we'll see, we'll see what happens here. But yeah, they they were great guys. They were great for the community. Uh, they both were invested with, uh, or at least I know uh, Warner was with uh, the LGBTQ community, which is always a, a positive thing, more inclusive things of that nature. And yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I appreciate their um, time here in Sacramento.
0: Yeah, and they were always committed to, to the Republic. They they were players that always gave it their all. I, I know we we saw less of Thomas, but just seeing him this season i think he he was really dedicated every time he stepped on the pitch and so they must have a good reason and like you said they are stanford alumni i'm sure that they they are eager to start their you know non soccer careers their uh major careers and why they went to school for and so uh, we wish them the best of luck in their uh, future careers and uh, we're going to try our best to hopefully have uh, both of them on the podcast so we can Talk about what their plans are for the future, and y'all can find out uh, what it is that they will be uh, doing now that they have uh, left the sport of soccer. So on other news that is, uh, I I would say, unofficial news, but we kind of found out from the source, but hasn't been official yet. (laughs) Uh, Roro actually uh, announced that his contract had not been renewed for the upcoming season. I think, uh, I don't know about you, Mike, but this also was a shocker to me. But we do have to add the the thing that it hasn't been made official yet by the team. And so, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, true, he said that, but you always have that little hope that, eh, well, if he's still still under contract and it hasn't made official, then maybe there might be a little slight chance. It might be like super small, but... At the end of the day, if you're still under contract, you might never know what could happen. And if it hasn't been made official, then uh, coins up in the air, right? Anything can, can really happen. But <laughs> what, what were your thoughts uh, as you uh, saw Roro's tweet?
1: I like your positivity. Um, not over till it's over, I suppose. Um, it's sad. It's it, Growing up, he was my favorite player. Um, 2014 USL title, MVP of the final. Um, and then just to kind of see the way it's going down. If officially he he is uh, released from his contract, I thought he played fairly decent this season. Um, I wasn't expecting him to be some like superhero Superman out there. He's, he is getting up there in age that that comes, uh, father time is undefeated, but, uh, it was just kind of weird to see the way it went about it. Just no real fanfare, no big video or anything for that. This, this, player basically put Sacramento on his back. He's he is the Republic. If you ask anybody out there that knows anything about the Sacramento Republic, it's, it's Roro Lopez. And to have it end with him sending out a, a quick little noted tweet saying, thank you to the fans and everyone behind the scenes, uh, Kevin Nagle fans and everyone behind the scenes for believing in me, welcoming back to a place I consider home. Asa it's just like, dang, man that's how it's happening like really we're not going to give this guy a big send off and i was i maybe i'm being ridiculous but i was really hoping we were going to get to the mls and he play one game with us at least and then we clap him off the field and send him on his way um it sounds from everything that he was writing it sounds like it wasn't his his choice which also kind of bothers me that if if he wanted to stay why didn't we keep him around i think this could be a uh, one of those that you keep them around, you have a mentor, the young guys. It's not like we don't have Academy players coming through. He could be mentoring. He could, maybe he's expecting to play a little more and the Republic have different ideas. I don't know, but yeah, he, he was a fan favorite. One of the best players I've ever seen uh, in the flesh and yeah, it's, it's kind of rough to see him go, but best wishes and i hope it works out for him i just hope he doesn't play for somebody that we have to play against
0: yeah especially if it's uh reno that i would probably be he'd never but he'd never i don't never. think he'd ever i hope so he <laughs> never
1: <laughs> no yeah don't no, even put it out there
0: that, that that would be that would be a nightmare but it's 2020 and i'm like uh but hopefully he did now, say he's but...
1: not done though in all caps he said i'm not done and uh, he's 33. He's probably got another season or two in
0: him. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But I, I think n- no Sacramento fan could say, I, I saw this coming. Uh, th- there, is, there is no way. If anything, I think if you would have asked us, I would have said, well, if we named some players that are definitely not leaving the club, he probably would have been on that list of, yeah, now these players are not being transferred. No way. And I think the. The biggest shame is that, as we all know, like the this season was a half season, pretty much like it wasn't a full season. We weren't able to see him in that full season, and towards the end of the season, he was doing much better to the point where he even got the captain armband, and I thought he was a good captain like he yeah. I, I always said once he got that captain armband, like he stepped up to the plate, he did a good job, and you could really tell that he he was the the person that deserves to have that role and and just to see this all go down, like you were saying, and and for it to end this way is, it's really sad. And I have a feeling that's why we probably haven't heard much from the team because they're probably still trying to figure out, like, how are we going to announce this? If, you know, indeed it does become official and uh, that'd be, it's going to be really hard. (laughs) It's going to be really hard to announce it officially coming from the team because I I, I know you you may not be as positive as I am right now and that well if it's not official it's not official but I think it hasn't hit people as hard as it may hit once we see that it is official once many more people that maybe aren't on Twitter or maybe just didn't see that post that he did and just haven't heard of it because they just disconnected after the uh, game against Phoenix in the playoffs. But once the team posts on there, it's going to be real. And hopefully we hear from the team why they decided to uh, let him go. Uh, You know, I'm not asking Gibbos to the detail why. Uh, The only reason I could think of, and you got to blame COVID for this, is because of the fact that the team must have lost a lot of money because of attendance not being there. Uh, I mean add to that not just attendance but also uh, all the merchandise sell the beers that they sell and uh, you know even all the food trucks right everything that involves a Sacramento game where the team is getting a part of the sales of that day and so if you don't have that and I'm sure even parking maybe I'm not sure if Cal Expo uh, split some money there too I want to say they probably still get something out of that Uh, the team hasn't gotten that and so if it's purely based on a money issue or maybe they were trying to negotiate his salary down and maybe he wasn't down which completely understandable i'm not saying he had to have his salary cut just as with any person you don't have to be a soccer player if at your job they tell you we're going to cut your salary down 50% then it's completely understandable for you to like think about it and choose not to continue and so if that was the case then we completely understand. And I think no fan could say or could blame Roro for not accepting that pay cut. If that is the case, of course, we're <laughs> we're just uh, uh, supposing things because nothing has been said. But I think that would be the only reason why. Uh, I don't think you could state that his performance wasn't there. Because again, I think with any player in this past season... For you to judge them based on season performance, it's just not right, because they didn't have they didn't have the luxury that other teams in the past have had of having a full season. You didn't see them a full season, and add to that, all the circumstances that came about and and we heard Roro in uh this past season in one of the press conferences say that nobody really knows exactly what the players are going through and all those times that we talked about the team maybe not performing as well and giving up goals early on like we don't really understand all those things because the players are going through a lot of situations and it's just the times and so I think even when you add that it's like let's start there like you can't really you can't really judge the team as well because of that and so I think it's a shame if it does become official and if we see any other player go away too I think it'll also be a shame because I don't know about you Mike but I think about the whole squad this season and in my opinion they all deserve a chance to continue on to the next season even the players that you know someone might say like yeah well they didn't have a good season or we didn't really see him perform as well I still think you give him another opportunity the next season when we'll hopefully have a more normal season Uh, i don't think it'll get as as uh, weird as it did this season with the games and all and and so you give them at least that and even if it is still a a similar uh, game season where you do have the similar amount of games well at least you've already seen them in pretty much a full season throughout two seasons and so hopefully we see that and and so If it does become official, uh, I hope we we can at least get an explanation as to why. And uh, I hope Roro is willing to come back to the Republic. And once people are uh, back at the stadium, I hope they can at least give him some recognition like a game at halftime. Uh, I know he was with us or he came by uh, uh, about two years ago when we had the celebration of the five years and we had the commemorative jersey. And so I hope they gave him another celebration because now it's it's almost like they're giving him that recognition I think that everyone wanted to give him but sadly, you know, this season for the people who actually went to that first season game, that's the only time you really saw him. And sadly I wasn't able to go to that first season game and it's a shame. A lot of people wanted to see him live. And so, again, I'm maintaining a little uh, bit of hope that since we haven't heard anything official yet, maybe there might be that possibility that things might be for the best. But if not, then, of course, uh, we'll wish Roro the best and regardless of what team he goes for. uh, Again, hopefully he doesn't go to a certain team, but (laughs) uh, I I think we can only um, wish him the best and whatever team he goes with, they were able to pay for him. And so I guess we can't get mad at him because he, he's looking out for himself. He's looking out for his future and it's, it's his economy. And, you know, if, if he finds uh somewhere where he gets paid more then Hey, we're happy for him. And we, we wish him the best with uh, that particular club. And so we'll see. So Michael, uh, It's time for uh, what we promised at the beginning of the show. We've decided to come up with our own awards uh, for the best of the 2020 season for the Republic. And so one thing I do want to point out before we start with our categories, we don't have the best goalkeeper category because obviously we would all give it to Rafa Diaz. I think without a doubt, (laughs) he's the goalkeeper we saw the most uh, this season and Uh, no one no one could argue against that like it i'm just saying you 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 just can't give it to any of our other two goalkeepers uh so mike let's get started with our first category let's go for the best goal of the season what do you got
1: so i uh I, I wouldn't necessarily say it was the prettiest goal of the season, just what it meant to the season, what it meant to our, uh, our five game winning streak. But uh Juju man comes on in the 82nd minute, 13 minutes later, had a little swerve on it, uh filthy little swerve on it. I don't, I don't know what the goalie's going to do there puts it in the back, back of the net, wins the game, keeps the the winning streak alive. And it's just, an 18-year-old's coming on in the 82nd minute, and they're saying, hey, quick, go do something. Dribbles through a couple defenders, squares it up, puts it in the back of the net, wins the game, go home, a champion. Uh, I, I think it's great, man. It was a really, really good goal, and I've, I'm impressed just by the uh, more so on the what it meant for the team rather than the goal itself, I suppose. So maybe I cheated a little, but... <laughs> For me, that's 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 the that's the goal of the season.
0: No, that that definitely was a a good goal, and kudos to him for taking that shot because a lot of players think twice and they chose not to take that risk of just having that final shot of the game. But he did it, and it was a really tough shot to block and goalkeeper couldn't block it and goalkeeper instead punched it in <laughs> and that that really goes to tell you how strong of a shot it was and so it it, it was a it was a good goal as well my opinion and i know people who <laughs> who know me and they're probably like yeah <laughs> this guy is your favorite player without a doubt he is one of my favorite players but in my opinion the best goal was bjf's goal versus timbers two, that last regular season game where uh, we won four nil that game meant uh, or that goal meant that we were now up four nil uh just a really good play uh, i mean w- when he got the ball i think we all thought he might cross it he might pass it but yet he chose to form his own play he shoots it it goes right to the right top of the corner unstoppable for the goalkeeper it it was just, it was a good goal. It was what I would call a European goal. A goal that you would probably see in the Champions League. And so uh, I thought that was a really great moment. And of course, that meant us beating Timbers 2, 4-0, And the season. We came in at a, at a good, uh, with good momentum against Phoenix. And so it, it really meant a lot. And I think 4-0 sounds really good on paper. And even though we would all want to win 3-0 it was our, our biggest uh, win of the season. And uh, 4-0 sounds like, you know, it's a perfect uh, uh, score where you could say that you clearly dominated. And even a 3-0 sometimes, it's like, all oh, right, it's just a three-goal difference. But I think w- once you have a four-goal difference, that's when I think you could really say that team dominated because they they scored four. And it's, it's it definitely starts getting embarrassing, I think, uh, when you uh, start at a 4-0. And so... Uh, really good goal on on his side so our next category um best defender what do you got for for best defender
1: best defender our number three man hayden sarges uh as a as a rookie you come in 14 starts 15 games total um he played the most minutes of anybody on the on the team uh he was making adjustments and just kind of rolled with it. He only got subbed off once the whole the whole season. That's that you're doing something right when you're a defender and you only get taken off once the entire season. I, I thought he was strong in the back and at 18 years of age, I'm excited to see what he can do next season for seasons to come.
0: Yeah, especially as a as a defender. It, it's not easy uh having a, a rookie season where you start most of the, the games and so. Yeah, I would choose, however, um, Jordan McCrary. He's been with us already a couple of seasons, and the guy is amazing when he goes uh, in the wing. And and you know we we've seen him be really participative. Participative this season, uh, he played 15 games, uh, a really high amount. We saw him you know throughout the whole season pretty much. Uh, only missed uh, two games, and it, it it was amazing. I think see, seeing him. Uh, out there and seeing them really uh, push the team to move up, to really uh, always being that player that is always into the game. I think the kind of player that you want to see on any team that is living the game, that is really uh, calling out fouls, calling out different things that they feel uh, shouldn't be called out. Really talking a lot to the referee, right? And and I've had the chance. Uh, in other seasons to to hear him when he's out on the pitch. And so I think it's really great. I think potentially he might even be a future captain uh, for next season, possibly too, as we start looking at who could be our new captain if Roro does leave. And so I'm really excited. He's got a lot of talent and I think he's potentially one of the players that I, I think we might see in our first MLS team, hopefully, if, if he, continues to have uh, seasons like uh, this one. And then the past one that, that he had as well. So our next category, best midfielder, what do you got for, for midfield?
1: Ah, man, uh, your favorite <laughs> and uh, a former Liverpool boy, uh, Bijev four goals, two assists. He looked, he looked confident on the ball. He looked good this season. Um, he's, definitely got that veteran presence. He he is one of the veterans now, which is kind of odd to say he's, uh, he's getting up there and uh, he just looks impressive. I I feel like he brings a a calmness to the team. I feel like he, when he's on top of his game, he's just, he's very impressive. You you can tell when he's having a good day and it's, it's going to be a nightmare for the other, the other team. Uh, So yeah, BJF man in the midfield, he, he looked good. Yeah. Well,
0: (laughs) <laughs> you, you all probably know who I'm going to pick. I'm pretty Shocker. sure 99.9% 9. of you probably. <laughs> uh, I can't say anyone else, but again, BJF, as, as you said, uh, he played throughout the whole season. He was really <laughs> participative. Probably the player that we saw uh, uh, the most, whether he started or came out from the bench, he was always giving it his all. Uh, and you always need players like that, that you have that confidence, whether they start or not, that they're going to make a big difference in the club. And he's demonstrated that this season. We've seen him other seasons as well, where he's uh, done pretty good as well. And like you said, yeah, he he might be getting up there in age, but I think he's another player that I'd really like to see him that first season in MLS. Uh, At that point, he is going to be 30, 31 years old, actually 30 years old. And he's going to be in that age where, you could be that key player. You could be potentially that designated player, right? Because uh, I think he has a lot of potential that he's shown already. I think he continues to grow and it's really great to to see a player that has been with us already a couple of seasons and, and continuously each season we see him improve season by season and he has a lot of future in the upcoming years. And If he keeps this momentum going, then I have no doubt that the team will want to sign him on to an MLS contract. And it's going to be really cool. I think he's going to be one of those stories that we look back and we uh, recognize that he started at the USL level and is now in the MLS. And so he has a lot of potential to be a legendary player. And (laughs) I know I'm really hyping him up right now, but you know, if if you all saw most of our games, then you might agree that he definitely um, makes a big difference when when he's out uh, on the pitch as well. So on to our next uh, category, best forward. What do you got for this one?
1: Uh, I'm going with uh, Mela. He um, I mean, he scored our goals. He he was putting the majority of them in the back of the net. Eight goals, I think he had what was it? 14 starts. Um, it's kind of tough picking anybody else. I mean, if you ask anybody, our, our weakness this season was scoring goals. We, we were, had plenty of creativity. Uh, the team looked decent. We just couldn't find the back of the net and formella led the team uh, without him. That's eight goals we're missing and it's a much different season. I, I would love to say Frank Lopez, um, I thought he was decent or impressive, actually impressive in what the little bit we got from him. I'm hoping we can try to keep him around and see what goes there. But uh yeah, I, I've got to go with Formella. I, I thought he had a great season, kind of kept going from where he left off.
0: Yeah, uh, I I have to agree with you again. Uh Definitely our, our best forward this season. I think he's another player that. You know, we, we've seen him grow since uh, he joined the team in the past season. Uh, true, in the past season, we didn't see him uh, as much. He came in halfway, but I think he has a lot of future. And this season, if we look at some of his stats, he he had the most shots out of any player. 28 shots, uh, which half of those weren't on target. Uh, I know that was one of the things that we, we uh, would always talk about, about not having a lot of shots on target but you know half of his shots were on target we would we would wanted to see more of those on target yeah but i think given the circumstances given uh the different stats i think it's it's really good to to say that you had 50% um effectivity on on target and at, towards the end he he proved that he didn't just score against the coma his couple <laughs> of braces that he had against them, but he was able to score against the other clubs as well and so he has a lot of future i think we we haven't seen many fords uh, as effective as he has been uh, in the past couple of seasons and so we'll we'll see how uh, he continues to grow if uh, he continues with the team and I have to bring the m l s uh, wagon again but i think if if he continues to do good then it could be another player there that you have that joins your MLS team. If he continues to lead us in the scoring sheet and whatnot, I think it they, they should definitely consider if you have a, a high goal scorer in, in these next two seasons. So we'll see. We'll see if he makes the, the cut. So next category is the rookie of the season. I there mean, given
1: that he was my best defender, it's kind of hard to not make him my best rookie, but uh, Turlock's very own Hayden Sargis. Again, man, most minutes played on the squad as a rookie, uh, 14 starts, 15 games. He he was a rock in the defense. Uh, he's kind of put him in there and forget about him and let him do his thing. That's I, I can't imagine coach wanting anything more from a player than what he was getting from Sargis this season. And it's impressive. I, I just hope we can keep him around because if he continues playing like that, he's he's going to get some, some other uh, more notable teams looking at him and wanting to bring him in. And that'd be unfortunate <laughs> for Republic.
0: Yeah, it's definitely really impressive to see a player that is in his rookie year and that the coach has a lot of confidence in him. And it says a lot, right, about his ability and about the confidence that coach had in him to have him play the, most of the season, right? He was the most uh, active uh, defender and Oberon in general, probably one of the most active players in the season. We saw him in the starting sheet quite often. And I think that's, that's amazing to be able to say that. And I, I can't think of, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but... I don't think we've ever had an academy player that has played so much in our history. And I would even go as far as saying that he is probably the best rookie that we've ever had in history. And, you know, I'm just talking about first seasons because I think other rookies in the past. Sure, you know, we've had good rookies, but they haven't been as active as he has. They haven't had anywhere near the minutes that, that he has had. And I think it's it's good. It's a good trend. And I really hope that next season, the following season, and even we join MLS, that they still have that mentality of giving the young talent an opportunity because you always want to have up-and-coming players because you never know who your next player might be, right? And we're already seeing it with other players, Mario Pinagos, Juju, uh among others that have really stepped up to the plate and they have a really promising future especially next season when we're probably going to see him much more and and so I think it's great again that he uh got that much playing time uh like you said Sherlock's proud and and I think it's it's amazing uh being that I'm from Modesto Sherlock is uh uh, not that far from us around here and it's it's really great to say that we have uh someone from this area that is representing the team it's it's definitely gonna inspire and i'm sure it's already inspiring uh, a lot of players that are in the local clubs around here as well so really great for him and next season is is only gonna get better for him and hopefully we, we we uh talk about him being a candidate again for best defender uh at the end of next season
1: most definitely
0: so our next category is the best game for the Republic in 2020.
1: Yeah, so um, it uh, <laughs> kind of surprising, but uh, the Republic and Portland Timbers too. The uh, we went 88 minutes with zero goals, and I was like, "Oh my God, is this really about to happen?" And then Mario Panagos, had a uh, Elk Grove native, uh, had other other plans. Man, you put one in the back of the net. I'm, I'm living. I'm on cloud nine. I'm excited. Then Portland comes through and uh, scores their own goal. And the highs and highs and lowest of lows. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This isn't happening against Portland. Come on, man. And then again, just like I was saying, best goal of the season for me, just because of how it happened. You go take the lead, lose the lead in stoppage time, thinking that's how it's going to end 1-1. And Juju Chavez, 95th minute. Puts a screamer in the, the back of the net. I, I I couldn't ask for anything more. You have a, a tight, close game for 88 minutes and then you have three goals in seven minutes. <laughs> it's it's everything I could want in a in a game. And it, it kept the winning streak alive. I thought it's where we turned the corner. I was like, well, that's where I became the believer. And I was like, right, this is cool, man. We're we're gonna do it this season. We'll yeah. we'll stop there. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that was definitely uh really crazy game that <laughs> nobody expected that. I don't think it's been a while since I've seen three goals come in in like four minutes. And so it, it, it was something else. I think honorable mentioned to Pinagos in that first goal though, too, that that was a really good uh, play. But uh, yeah, it, it, it was definitely a, a, a good game. Um, the one I chose, however, is uh, the Republic against OC game. It doesn't get any more bad enough that you're down 1-0. You started you know, being down 1-0 at the fifth minute. And then Roro gets that red card at the 58th minute, which I still think wasn't fair. I think it could have been a yellow card, not a red card. But you know, we, we all saw the ref. I was quick to pull the red out. But uh, things didn't look right once we got that red card. I thought the team... Maybe they could pull a tie, uh, you know, playing against O.C. that we all always knew would be a tough team to play against, especially at home. Historically, we've haven't had the best of results against them at home. Um, You know, things were just against us. But eleven minutes remaining to the full ninety, and our players were able to pull a comeback with uh, Derek Formella scoring, and then at the end, our podcast magic uh, giving us the win and. It was just a amazing game, considering that, again, the odds were against us. And on top of that, we weren't playing against Timbers, too. We were playing against Orange County, which Sorry, is Seth. never an easy, an easy team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, they didn't qualify to the playoffs this season. But, you know, they're always candidates to, to qualify. And uh, I think if we look back, uh, I always said if we beat Orange County, maybe we might be the reason why they don't make it to the playoffs. And. That may, may very well have been one of the reasons because they, they weren't doing too bad. And, you know, once they started to get into that losing streak, it, it kind of all went downhill there, there for them. But, you know, it could have made a difference. I mean, if we look at the at the group stage, at how they finished, if they would have won that game, they would have been above LA Galaxy 2. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, it was a really critical game, as I had mentioned before. And so that's 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 all that was so yeah I, I think that that game was uh something else and it might be a while before we see another game uh, quite like that and also a shame that if we weren't able to be there no fans were able to be there because uh, that atmosphere would have been something else i'm telling you in, in that game especially <laughs> uh there towards the, the end of the game It would have been like a a mixture of emotions, right? From anger to happiness. It it would have, (laughs) yeah. So it's just something else. So, our last category we saved the best for last. Overall, most valuable player. Who do you got for your MVP of the 2020 season?
1: So, I also have to apologize to this guy (laughs) (laughs) because I remember after the first two games, I was like, I don't know. I think we need to find another goalie to, uh, to play because I don't know if the backup's going to be able to do it. But uh, Rafael Diaz, man, he proved me wrong. He he looked great in in a uh, goal when he came in. Uh, what was it? Uh, four goals in the first three games we gave up. And then the rest of the season, 10 more games, 13 goals. That's, that's a pretty good number. Uh, our issue wasn't the defense. Our issue wasn't the goalie. Our issue was we couldn't score the goals when we needed them unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, I thought he was impressive. I thought he played well Four clean sheets in his, in his 10 games. It it was, it was impressive. I I liked what he did. Um, I look forward to seeing how it goes next season. I'm I'm hoping he gets another chance. I I thought he proved himself pretty well. Um, I know the season didn't go how we wanted it to. Um, but, I I enjoyed watching Rafa play. I liked the way he was playing. Rafael Diaz, I apologize. I didn't believe in you early enough or sooner. But uh, yeah, it was impressive. I I thought he did very well in goal. I thought with him doing his thing and the defense with um, Sargis, I think we've got a nice little duo there. We could just build around.
0: Yeah, he definitely stepped up to the plate. And and I was really happy also to... To see him get that opportunity which my opinion he should have been our starter from the beginning but uh, of course uh, coach didn't think that, that that was the the best uh, choice at the moment and uh, it's going to be interesting next season who who gets to be that number one I think there's there's some competition Grimwiz is going to potentially be back but which actually he most likely he'll be back, especially if the season gets uh, pushed back to start in May. And so it, we're in for a good competitive uh, goalkeeping uh, competition, which is always great. It's always good when you have that, especially when uh, things don't go as well and you have to do some rotation. So, um, But yeah, it's it's great that he he's had a good season. And if it's up to me, I start him the next season still. Um, so my MVP... <laughs> Again, you probably, probably would guess it. I maybe don't even have to mention it, but I am still going to mention it. It's, <laughs> again, Podcast Magic, Vijev. Uh What else do I have to say? I, I pretty much already said it all. Uh, really participated with the team. He had a couple assists as well, not just scoring goals, but he was really uh, critical on that end. Uh, I think one of the more uh, notable assists that I'm sure most people remember was that assist that ultimately led to Cameron's 50th goal. And I think when we saw that, he really demonstrated that he's not a selfish player. He plays for the team and you always want to have those players that they don't always take that first opportunity that they have. But if they realize that passing it is going to guarantee a goal, or at least give us a higher chance of a goal, then they do that rather than just try to finish their their play. So Um, that was a good moment and overall again he had some really critical goals and again really uh, someone who really participated in a lot of plays this season and so my mvp goes to him and uh, we'll see next season uh, who gets who gets that mvp title so if uh, you guys want to follow us on social media you can find us on facebook and twitter Facebook, you could search for state of the republic podcast on twitter we are at state republic 12 so please uh, follow us find out when uh, we post uh, new episodes or as we do retweets on different news pieces going on also find out about that um, also please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcast uh, it really helps you uh, find out when we post a new podcast which we do have a lot of. Great podcast in the works we're gonna have a lot of interesting interviews during this off season and actually if you guys have any suggestions, if you guys have any particular player, any person in the community that you would want us to interview, please feel free to send us a message and we'll do our best to get him on the podcast and to talk to them again, we are going to be interviewing. Republic players, former players, uh, people who have been involved with the team at uh, one point or another, and also local clubs that are really leading uh, future generations and making sure that our Republic has uh, a lot of great local talent, especially as we join MLS. And so please let us know, and we will have him here on the podcast to talk about their story. and how they are helping uh, grow the sport in our region. And so with that being said, um, do you have any final words that you'd like to say, Mike, before we close out? Um, yeah, man. I mean,
1: the season didn't go exactly how we wanted it to, but I'm glad we had a season. Um, I do appreciate the fact that we were able to get through a season and make it work. Um, it's unfortunate what happened with the championship game, but that doesn't directly affect the Republic. Um, I'm, I'm proud of the team going through what they had to go through. I'm sure it wasn't easy uh, dealing with COVID testing daily and trying to make a season work out and all the trips and practices. Uh, It was fun. I enjoyed it. At the end of the day, I got to watch my favorite sport and it gave me a little bit of normalcy. So thank you to the USL. Thank you to the Sacramento Republic. And I can't wait for next season.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll join in on that as well. Yeah, I mean, I do I think that uh, we should all be really grateful that the USL decided to still have a season and not cancel it as uh, many people were uh, rumoring uh, back before we found out about anything. And so that was really great. And also to the Republic, I really appreciate all the opportunities that they gave us to be a part of the watch parties, to show us on TV. I think it was really great. I was there on it a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, first time I was on on TV there, so that, that was a, a quite a, a cool moment as well. Um, but also all the fan experiences that they still had even during this time, where they gave off the the playoffs pack, which was really awesome, by the way, really great idea to have that uh, playoffs uh, giveaway, uh, and also the contest they had during the season on uh, guessing the right result and then being entered into a lottery for a prize pack, which. I was fortunate. I won it once. I, I was close to winning it in the game against Reno, but, you know, Reno decided to score at the last minute, but, you know, that was close there. So um, I think th- those are really good opportunities that they offer the fans to still be connected to a team, even though we're not there. And the prizes are really amazing. Uh, it's, it was, it was really cool to see all the things that they gave out and, and whatnot. And so, um, yeah, really, th- thank you for, for that and for still choosing to participate and still try to figure out ways to get all of us fans involved with the team and really uh, being able to enjoy our, our favorite team uh, even during these times because it it did give us, like you said, Michael, uh, uh, a good joy in life to be able to see our team and for for at least two hours out of the, the week, forget about all the things that are going on in the world as well, so uh, that that definitely helps out a lot. So with that being said, uh, thank you everyone for listening to us today. Again, as promised, we are going to be having uh, future episodes with interviews uh, during this off season. We're going to be interviewing uh, people in the soccer community and really just a lot of amazing people that are going to tell us their story in this uh, soccer world. So. Until next time, everyone, stay safe. Have a great day or a good night if you're listening to us uh, later on in the day.